The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Before we get started, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age. And you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right, on today's show, we've got an interview with Zone Coverage's Sam Ekstrom about the Vikings' upcoming matchup against the Bears. He will help us go over some, some recent Viking stories and preview that, that matchup on Sunday. But before we get into that, I just wanted to go over a few things to kind of give us an idea of what the Vikings are heading into this weekend. So we'll just take a look at the injury report, and I'm recording this on Thursday, so let's look at Thursday's Injury report, which features Eric Kendricks and Kyle Rudolph not practicing. They they still haven't practiced uh, this week. Uh, Kendricks is dealing with a calf injury, while Rudolph is dealing with a foot injury. It doesn't look good for them them playing this weekend, so it looks like the Vikings will probably have to take the field with without Kendricks or Rudolph again this weekend. Alexander Madison did return to practice on a limit, limited basis on, on Thursday. He's uh, been dealing with appendicitis. He had his appendix removed a little while ago, so he had to get that taken care of. Uh, CJ Ham, who missed practice on Wednesday with a quad injury, he had a, he practiced on a limited basis on Thursday, as well as Armin Watts, who sat out practice on Wednesday with a, a back injury. And DJ Wanham is also on the injury report with an ankle injury, but he practiced both in full on Wednesday and Thursday, so it looks like Wanham is good to go, and we'll just have to keep an eye on uh, Madison, Ham, and Watts. But as far as Kendricks and Rudolph go, it doesn't look like they're probably going to be playing on Sunday against the Bears. But as for the Bears, uh, something pretty interesting happened on Thursday. Uh, Cleo Mack showed up on the Bears injury report with a shoulder injury. He practiced in full on Wednesday, but then he did not practice on Thursday. So that's something we will have to keep an eye on. And even if he does play on Sunday... He probably won't be at 100%. Um, Jimmy Graham also was a limited participant on Thursday for the Bears. Uh, the tight end is dealing with a hip injury. He practiced in full on Wednesday, so it's it's um, not sure if his limited practice on Thursday is anything uh, 
to worry about for the Bears. But then they also have a bunch of injuries to their secondary. Uh, Deion Bush, the safety for the Bears, Jalen Johnson, cornerback, and Buster Screen, another cornerback, are all dealing with injuries. Uh, they have not practiced at all this week, and I would think that that's not a good sign for their chances to play on Sunday. So the Vikings will be going up against a Bears secondary that already wasn't that great, but it's going to be decimated by injuries on Sunday, it looks like. And so Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Irv Smith could all have you know great days against the Bears on Sunday, and hopefully uh, Kirk Cousins will be able to just find those guys open down the field. Uh, but that's going to do it for me, so let's just get right into our interview with Zone Coverage's Sam Ekstrom. All right, joining the show now is Sam Ekstrom. He covers the Vikings for ZoneCoverage.com, and he's the host of the Zone Coverage Football Machine podcast, which is a really good listen for Vikings fans, so go check that out. I'm actually a weekly listener, so I'm telling you the truth when I'm saying to go listen to it, but uh, welcome to the show, Sam. Adam, I appreciate it. You guys do great work. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, hopefully we don't bore you with our inside jokes and banter, which can go on for way too long. No, I, I, I enjoy it each week. It's one of the uh, Vikings podcasts I listen to uh, on a weekly basis, so you guys do good work over there. Um, before we get into this weekend's game between the Vikings and Bears, I need to ask you about your opinion on one of the most important events to take place during this past year. Are you ready? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm debating whether this is going to be legitimately important or, or tongue in cheek important. Oh, well, I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah, we will. So do you think... That Lamar Jackson went for two against the Browns on Monday night. Oh, that is that is actually extremely important. <laughs> um, you know, in my my heart wants it to be the truth, yeah. but my head tells me it's probably not. And here here's why: they've got the video of him kind of doing like the waddle into mm-hmm. the locker room, and then they have the video of him exiting the locker room. And I feel like he's sort of doing the same yeah. type of awkward jog both ways. And I think I think he's just kind of an awkward jogger i think when he's trying to get somewhere quickly without straight up running i think he just runs in kind of an awkward funny way and i think that's where people got this idea but um but also why would there be a trainer running back there with him if (laughs) if you know he was just doing his business i i don't think it adds up he needed help wiping obviously well maybe yeah maybe it's like the bridesmaids uh you know being the attendant (laughs) Of of the bride, maybe it's one of those deals. No, um, I, I I want I want to believe it, but I just can't. He was in there for a while, wasn't he? I feel like probably like a half hour, um, real time, not not game time, but right. So right, yeah. That, there's another one. Be, I think the IV theory makes sense. Yeah, that'd, that'd be quite the uh, quite the the job going in there. Um, so I I, I agree with you. I, I like the uh, I like all I like all the Twitter jokes. Obviously, you know I'm I'm good for some simple 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 humor. But uh, I agree with you that it probably, you know, wasn't the case that he was you know doing some paperwork in there. Um, but all right. So how long have you been on on the Vikings beat? I know it's been a few years, but when were you able to gain you know like full access to the the locker room and things he- like that? Yeah, I mean, couple of different iterations of it, but started in 2014. So, so this is year seven. Wow. Um, and you know, amazingly, in in this job, I also cover um, 
Golden Gophers basketball here in, yep. in the Twin Cities, and I've yet to cover a coaching change, which is so rare in sports to cover two pretty high-profile teams and not have a coach get fired. I've been there since the start of Zim. I've been there since year two of, uh, of Richard Pitino here in town, so that's kind of interesting. But, um, you know, started out covering it for the, the sports radio station here. And then after a couple of years, the sports radio station um, went defunct and turned into a hip-hop station, so they no longer had need for us. But uh, they, the didn't, they didn't need you? They didn't, they didn't need us to, to do anything, <laughs> shockingly. They didn't want us to, to do like a, a hip-hop show on Sunday wow. mornings anymore. Hmm. So hmm. it changed a little bit, but uh, our boss, Tom Schreier, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he and a very generous investor um, helped sort of fund this zone coverage project. And, you know, we've, we've got some affiliates here in town through uh, a couple other radio stations that, that post our work, and we've got our own website. And uh, it's just been growing since then. Yeah, you guys do good good work over there. I like checking out your stuff. Um, this is something I've been curious about, so I'm hoping maybe you can answer it. Um, what are the advantages of attending a Vikings game in person during the, the COVID era? Obviously, you aren't able to get um, as much you know access because of the virus, but what are some of the things that you might be able to get a, a better grasp on in person than if you were just covering the game from home? Yeah, it's a great question, and I'll do my best not to like overly diminish my job because I don't think there are a ton of benefits going to the game these days because you don't have locker room access. But I do think there's a couple perks that you can only get in the building. Number one, you get to watch the secondary more closely. Mm-hmm. That, that's the one area of the game that I think it's overlooked on TV is what are the safeties doing? Where are they shading? Where's their leverage? How are they reacting to play action? Those are all things that typically get cut out of the broadcast tape. Number two, which I think is even more prevalent, is the sidelines. How are players reacting on the sideline after a bad play? Um, What are injured players doing on the sideline in terms of treatment? How are coaches reacting after bad plays? I mean, I've seen Mike Zimmer throw his play sheet (laughs) numerous times. Zimmer? What? And yeah, shocking, right? <laughs> shocking. Um, and that doesn't make it on the TV copy a lot. You know, mm-hmm. that that's that's for our eyes only in in the stadium. So I do appreciate sort of the, the sideline color. I mean, last year, Adam, there Kicks. were three or four games where you're not even watching the game. You've got your binoculars locked on Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. He's prowling on the sideline. Um, and you don't know what's gonna happen next. And and that's sort of interesting to watch. So I there are some perks. Um, but but by and large, I think the advantage is uh, is decreasing between covering in person and covering from home this year. Hopefully, it gets back to normal. Yeah, I think we're headed towards that quote unquote normal normaler. I guess. Um, all right. So the big topic of this week, when it comes to the Vikings, has been Dan Bailey and their kicking situation. Uh, kicking hasn't really been an issue for Minnesota this season, but. Bailey decided to make it an issue with just three games left in the season, so uh, what a nice guy he is. Um, it seems like the Vikings are keeping Bailey around for at least another week um, because he's still on the roster, and most would assume the team would have cut him by now if they were going to do that. But I'm not going to ask you what happens after this week. My question for you is, will Bailey still be on Minnesota's roster when they take the field against the Lions in Week 17? Okay, you're going three weeks down the road. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, 
So they've taken the Blair Walsh approach here, which is I think you sit the guy down, you have a stern talking to with them. In the meantime, you, you've brought in sort of his potential successors. You've worked them out. You probably have somebody in mind in case you want to pull the trigger and replace Bailey. But um, I think it's probably incumbent upon his next game, which if he has a good game against Chicago, that might even buy him like one one miss against the Saints if it were to come to that. I'm going to say yes. I mean, I think they're doing everything they can to keep this partnership alive because I think in the long term, I think if you'd rather go into 2021 with Dan Bailey than a, a mystery kicker or a rookie kicker or somebody who's no currently kicker. a free agent. I, I still think he's your best option. I remember talking to Bailey last year when a bunch of kickers around the league were struggling and he was doing well, but it, he talked about how he really admired Mason Crosby for his ability to bounce back from the horrible yips with Green Bay about five years previously and to really stabilize himself and and continue being a solid kicker for the Packers. And that's exactly what Bailey needs to do right now. And I think the team has sort of given him that chance to pull out of this because of his track record. Ten years in the league, age 32, he's never had a stretch like this. And maybe Mike Zimmer learned a thing or two from the Daniel Carlson kerfuffle. When you see what Carlson's doing now, I, I think it's easy to, to second guess and say, well, maybe we, we pulled the trigger a little too fast on that. And obviously that benefited Bailey. He got a job out of it. And, and now he's benefiting again from the Vikings' patience on the other side of the coin. But uh, I, I'd say 65% yes, he's around in week 17. Ooh, that's not very high, but, you know, high enough. Um, yeah, Mike Zimmer seems to maybe have turned a corner, I want to say, on on the kickers, or maybe he's just giving Bailey uh, more benefit of the doubt because he is a veteran and because he has some ex- so much experience as being a you know a successful kicker in the NFL. But today, you know, I, you probably saw his comments where he said that he's very he's very confident in in Dan Bailey and and gave him tons of compliments. And I'm like, like Mike Zimmer said this about a, a Vikings kicker. Like I'm out I. I I had to like double check to make sure this wasn't on like the onion or, or something like that because, <laughs> uh, I just, I wasn't used to that's coming, uh, out of Mike Zimmer's mouth, but, uh, he, he said it. It was, it was reported by multiple people. Uh, but the other pretty notable Vikings topic or related to the Vikings had to do this week with, with former, you already mentioned him, former Vikings receiver Stefan Diggs. And, uh, he had some comments during an interview on ESPN's Sunday NFL countdown. Diggs basically confirmed that he wanted out of Minnesota because the team's offense was focused around the rushing attack. Um, and he even said the words, it wasn't going to be in the best interest of my career. Um, so my question for you, Sam, is was the Minneapolis miracle the beginning of the end of Stefan Diggs' tenure with the Vikings? I think that you could trace it to that. And the story in ESPN, the magazine, more or less alludes to that fact that it was sort of an early peak for Stefan Diggs and it was probably, you know, hard for him to uh, realize that type of, uh, of success, you know, in 2018, obviously. And then in 2019, you know, he, he'd gotten paid, he'd gotten everything he'd wanted to that point, but, but he wasn't getting the, the targets. He wasn't getting the production that he felt like he could produce. Um, and, and I think there's probably a little bit of, um, 
of, I don't know, what's the word, you know, ego that comes with the fame of, of the Minneapolis miracle. I know that in 2018, it wasn't publicized, but I know that, that he was a little bit difficult behind the scenes that year as well. Um, so it wasn't just 2019. And that was a year when he was getting the, the ball a lot. So to when say he, that... When did he miss OTAs? Was that 19? That was 19, right? When 2000, he, when, when he was, uh, I believe it was... When he had house problems? Or yeah, whatever. I think that was 19. Yeah. I think that was 19. Um, so ni- 19 got off on a weird start, and maybe that's because of some of the things that were happening toward the end of 2018, where he sort of had kind of a, a, a radio silence with the media, which was a little bit weird. He he wasn't really talking to anybody. Um, and then and then things in 2019, you know, change for, for the offense. Gary Kubiak is helping out Kevin Stefanski. It's a very conservative plan. So I guess it's possible that he was misled behind the scenes. I can't speak to that. I, I just find it surprising that that he would be caught off guard by the, the type of offense they were going to run when Mike Zimmer's your coach and Gary Kubiak's your consultant. Um, and Mike Zimmer's been so vocal about wanting to run the ball more and, and grind the clock and, and sort of play it conservatively offensively. I'm surprised that caught him off guard, but he still is within his rights to disagree with it. So I guess I don't know all the conversations behind the scenes, but um, but I think it had been something that maybe was brewing um, even back into the John Filippo era, maybe even before the Gary Kubiak era and uh, Kevin Stefanski era. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. It is a little surprising that he was caught off guard by the by the, the Vikings wanting to run the ball, especially in 2017 when they I think they finished second in rushing attempts. Um, and then in 2018, Mike Zimmer mentioned just a few times in his press conferences that they need to run the ball more. Um, so maybe he just doesn't watch. He didn't watch any of Zimmer's press conferences. So maybe maybe that's why he did, it was he was caught off guard. Um, but but that's Diggs. He's doing great in in Buffalo now. So good for him. He'll probably make uh, the Pro Bowl this year, which would I believe be the first time he's ever made the Pro Bowl in his career. So which is crazy. I mean, he's yeah, he's so good. I yeah. I I miss watching him practice. Oh, like, yeah. He, he was one of the most impressive practice players I've ever seen. The, the amount of effort that he put forth in training camp um, was really fun to watch. The connections that he had, um, over, usually over Xavier Rhodes, were awesome. So uh, I definitely miss those days. Yeah, and luckily the Vikings, now they have Justin Jefferson, and that looks like that's going to turn out uh, pretty well, maybe even better. So mm-hmm. we'll see. All right, let's get to the Vikings matchup this week inside U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. You will be there, I think, to to watch the 6-7 and seven Vikings take on the 6-7 and seven Chicago Bears. FanDuel currently has Minnesota favored by 3.5 points, and 538 gives the Vikings a 58% chance to get the win. Uh, a few weeks ago, I think most of us thought this would be pr- maybe an easy victory for, for the Vikings, but with the Vikings struggling during the last two games and the Bears coming off a 29-point win over the Texans, is it fair to say, Sam, that the Vikings could actually lose on Sunday? I think it's always fair to say that, the way this team has sort of played down to its competition this year. Atlanta game, Cowboys game, Jacksonville game, they've done very little to convince you that they are going to convincingly win any football game. Only the Detroit game, I think, was comfortable in the fourth quarter. Other than that, it's been very tense, even in the wins. 
it's it's weird to say that Chicago's coming into this game with momentum, considering they've lost six of seven. But again, it's a week to week league. You win one game, and suddenly you're feeling pretty good about yourself. And Chicago probably doesn't deserve to be in in the playoff hunt, but here they are. They are one game out, just like the Vikings. Pretty big news today, though, um, with Khalil Mack. I don't know if you oh, saw yes. the injury report, but he, he goes practice, from full right? participant to to not participating with a shoulder injury. That could be significant. We'll see what Friday brings. I'm sure that Matt Nagy's not going to spill any big secrets about Max status just yet. But uh, that'd be huge. Obviously, Akeem Hicks is back for Chicago, and he's been the Dalvin Cook neutralizer over the years. And we all saw what Dalvin Cook was able to do when Hicks got hurt in the second half mm-hmm. at Soldier Field uh, just, just a few weeks ago. I think Minnesota is correctly favored in this game by about three. And I still think that this Vikings offense has a ton of potential. I mean, they, they'd be scoring mid-30s per game if they weren't turning the ball over at the rate they were. Nine turnovers in the four games leading up to Tampa Bay. You know, and they were still scoring like 27, 28 in those games. So if you eliminate the mistakes and the self-inflicted wounds, there's such a high upside to this offense, even though, you know, we complain about them being archaic, about not having tempo, and yet they still find themselves able to score points. So I do think the Vikings win, but it's Trubisky maybe providing a little bit of, uh, of moxie, is that as weird as that is to say for Chicago so uh, we'll see how it goes. The Chicago team's given Minnesota plenty of problems before. Yeah, I, I don't like the matchup. If if Khalil Mack is is healthy or he he plays on Sunday, I don't like that matchup of the the, the Bears pass rush against the Vikings offensive line because the Vikings offensive line just gave up what, six sacks, and then the I think the Bears just had seven sacks against the Texans, and then I I don't like the matchup of of David Montgomery coming back because um, the Vikings. Not that great against the run this year, and I believe the Bears have rushed for over 120 yards in the last three games. So those are two things I'm I'm worried about. But the Vikings won't be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs if they lose on Sunday, but do you think a loss to the Bears would pretty much end any chance of the Vikings making the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. I think so, because you would then be, be needing Arizona to lose to either San Francisco or... Philadelphia and then lose against LA so that would have to happen and then you'd also have to go and uh and catch Chicago because remember Chicago would be passing you by a game as well I'm not sure of the tiebreaker situation with Chicago it would come down to divisional record uh, because you would have split in the season series it gets real complicated Adam It, it probably drops them under 10% maybe under 5% even to make it if they lose on Sunday plus the Saints game looming I, I hate the Vikings' chances if they lose on Sunday. I think this is effectively a lose and you're out scenario for both teams. Yeah, the Bears have they're at the Jaguars and then they play the Packers, who will probably be sitting players unless they're still fighting for the number one seed uh, in Week 17. So, yeah, the Vikings if if they if they lose on Sunday, I think yeah, I agree their their playoff chances are pretty much out the door, but this is also the NFL and you never know because what was that 2005 or or 4 or whenever when the Vikings all they had to do was beat the Cardinals. All they had to do, beat the Cardinals and uh couldn't do that. Well, how about 2018? All they had to do was beat the Bears. Yeah. You know, you had to you had to bring bring that up. Okay. Yes. Um what is something the, that Vikings fans should feel confident about heading into Sunday's matchup against the Bears? 
I think you feel confident about your uh, receiving core. I mean, after what they were able to do against the Bears at Soldier Field, which, you know, is a little tougher place to throw the ball. And, uh, and now coming back home, I think the Bears are banged up at corner as well. You've got Jefferson. You've got Thielen. Um, I don't see any reason why they can't, again, have joint excellent games. I think Jefferson went for 121 in, in the first meeting, and Thielen had that spectacular one-handed catch. Mm-hmm. He was excellent in the game as well. I think you can throw on the Bears. I mean, I, I know they've got talent back there, but you're, you're mostly scared of their front seven. You're not as scared as of, of that secondary. Um, you know they're going to adjust probably and and choose which of the two receivers they want to hone in on. I'm guessing that they, they devote a lot of attention to Jefferson based on what he did to them in the first game. I think that could open things up for Thielen. I think it's going to be a big game through the air. Um, assuming Irv, they... Irv Smith, you think he, he'll be a factor? Irv Smith was superb in the Tampa game as well. Yeah. Um, and with Rudolph probably still out, yeah. I mean, I think Irv Smith could could be your third most productive pass catcher in the game. And Kirk Cousins has a nice chemistry going right now with his tight ends, with his running backs. I mean, I know they, they weren't able to work things down the field against Tampa sort of to a fault, but uh, I like the options they have right now underneath with some of those bigger guys. Yeah, there's there's some there's some things to be excited about with, with the Vikings on Sunday. Um, but on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you say your confidence level in the Vikings getting a win on Sunday is? 6.3. I mean, you, you said it was a 58% chance. I think yeah. I'm... I'm I'm probably right around there. I I don't think there are any gimmies. I don't think that the home field advantage means a, a whole lot, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And um and I think the Bears have a good roster. I mean, I think they they've they've got skilled players that at least at one time scared me on offense before things kind of turned upside down and they had to make a, a change at play caller. They had to make a change at quarterback and then switch back to the original guy. So they they've been a mess. But there are still pieces of that team from two years ago that are still there that I think are are still scary if utilized in the proper way. So I'm I'm gonna go right around 60, 63%. I guess that was a one to ten question. Six point three was my answer. <laughs> um yeah, I think we forget that in the first meeting there the Vikings were down like what, thirteen thirteen to six or thirteen to seven, you know, close to the fourth quarter and and the Bears played terribly. But um so if they maybe if they, don't kick to Cordell Patterson this time. Please, around. please, please don't do that. It just it's just it's just like Devin Hester 2.0 pretty much. Just just don't don't do that. And he has to be in a Bears uniform too just to make it that much better. But uh that's going to do it for today. Make sure to subscribe to this show on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and and while you're at it subscribe to the Zone Coverage Football Machine podcast. Go Check out zonecoverage.com. Check out Sam's content on the Vikings. And they've even got a couple of our guys from the Viking Age contributing over there and Chris Shad and Nick Edlin. Uh, so go check out all of that stuff. But until next time, Vikings fans, we will talk to you later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.